That is good. All right, keep your Bibles out. Mark chapter number six. We're continuing our series. We spent some time looking at fans or followers, and last week we started a new series entitled Side Effects. And there are side effects for determining to be a committed follower to Christ. There, are, there will be a, a side effect to that. You know, the devil doesn't like it when people stand for the Lord. You know, if you don't do anything for the Lord at all, he won't bother you. But you get in, involved in serving the Savior and you will find that the devil will become your enemy. He will, he will attack you. Uh, he will do what he can to stop you. Why? Because you're going in the right direction. If he already has us being apathetic, you know, the devil doesn't mind that you're saved this morning. But he does mind if you serve. He does mind if you surrender to the Savior. If you're saved, he would just assume you not be saved. But he's content with a lot of Christians around the world today because they are apathetic about the things of God. And they aren't doing anything to serve the Lord. And, you know, the Lord didn't save us to sit. He saved us to serve. Amen. That's all through the scripture. Uh, he has given us a mission to accomplish. When we think about the Lord's, uh, the Lord's prayer, uh, uh, our Father which art in heaven, that is not the Lord's prayer. That was the model prayer. The Lord's prayer was pray therefore, uh, Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. That's what he prayed. He prayed for laborers, and he told us to pray for laborers. Why? Because there is a necessity. Uh, if the mission is going to be continued, you, you have to have people that are going to be engaged in that mission. And so uh, we're going to look at some of the side effects of being a follower of Christ. And this morning, uh, again, I want you to look with me at our text here. Uh, and we'll look at verse number 11. Uh, he said, and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. You know, it is a blessing to be a child of God. It's a blessing to be a child of God. Uh, it is a blessing to, be, blessing to be given an opportunity to serve God. He could, have, he could have saved us, but never given us an opportunity to do anything for him, but he did. And there are so many blessings that come from following Christ. Uh, for, for serving the Lord, when we serve the Lord, we are blessed. God blesses obedience. He blesses obedience. And the, the recipe of life that he gives us in his word, it works. You know, we have seen a society that has rejected what God said. And our society is coming apart. The brokenness in the homes, the brokenness in the community. Why? Because we removed God from our world. 
We remove God's word. We remove prayer. We, we have people that are saying that America is not a Christian nation. Trying to rewrite history. The blessings that God has given to America uh, are blessings because our nation was built on the foundation of biblical principle. And it is in the writings of our forefathers. Uh, and they will say that they were, they were uh, uh, deists and atheists. And uh, read their writings. You'll find out that that was not the case. And so what we find that God blesses obedience. And being a child of God is the best part uh, of life. Being a child of God. And as we follow him, we get, to, we get to receive the blessings of being his child. Have you ever thought about somebody that was born with a silver spoon in their mouth? I'm looking around, and, uh, and I don't anticipate that we have many uh, that would have been born with a silver spoon uh, in their mouth. We don't have any, any, uh, uh, any uh, Rolls Royces parked out in the, uh, or Bentleys parked out in the parking lot. Uh, and you look at some of those people, and it's like, uh, man, all of the opportunities that have been afforded them because of the family that they were born into. And let me tell you, uh, if you are a child of God, uh, you are born into the family of God. Uh, we, are, we are not needy. We, we are not destitute. I'm not saying that we are rich and we have all of the blessings, uh, material blessings that are afforded some, but I'm telling you as a child of God, uh, having God as our Father and Jesus as our Savior, we have something to rejoice in, uh, and it's not a drudgery to serve the Savior. It is an honor to serve the Savior. There are side effects, uh, but, but with that, it is an honor to serve the Savior. And this morning, as a committed follower of Christ, and if we choose to do so, we will find that there will be problems that we face. And my desire this morning is to help us succeed under some of that opposition. And that opposition, one side effect of being a committed follower of Christ is rejection. How many of you like rejection? Nobody. Nobody likes rejection. But if we are a committed follower of Christ, we will face rejection. It is part of the response for standing for the Savior. And just like the Lord himself was rejected while he was here, a committed follower of Christ will also be rejected. And so this morning I will speak on uh, side effects, part two, and that is rejection. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. 
Uh, may we be challenged, not, not discouraged, not defeated. Uh, help us to be challenged, to be able to rise to the occasion, to be able to uh, have that uh, strength, to be able to face the rejection and the, the opposition that we will face when we stand for you. And so I pray that you'd bless each person uh, this morning. Uh, help us to, be, uh, to grow. Help us to uh, truly uh, to take some steps, uh, have some understanding on how we can deal uh, with this area of rejection so we don't fail uh, to serve you. And so I pray that you'd bless now for Christ's sake. Amen. Matthew chapter 10, uh, the scripture tells us in uh, verse number 24, the Bible says that the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house of Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? You know, as a child of God, in our mind, we've got to get over the fact that, uh, that we are afraid to offend somebody. We are afraid to be rejected. Those, those fears right there stop more people from doing something for the Savior than any other thing. I don't want to offend somebody uh, with my faith, and then I don't want to be rejected. Uh, what if they don't want that gospel track? What if they don't want to hear about Jesus? Uh, what if they don't want uh, my faith to be proclaimed? What if they don't want me to say anything about Christ? Uh, and as a Christian, uh, we can find ourselves in a position where where we are just backing up and backing up and backing up and saying nothing and getting silence and the world around us, uh, they need some, some Christians to stand up and name the name of Christ. Amen? Uh, we need some people who will take their Christianity to the job place. Uh, Christians who will take their, their Christianity uh, to, the, uh, to the world that we live in. Uh, have it in our home, but also so uh, in all of the interactions that we have uh, in, our, in our world, uh, we need to be standing up for the Savior. And if they rejected Christ, we should not be surprised if they reject us. It is enough, the Lord said, that we be as the master. It's enough for the servant to be as the Lord. Uh, and, and if the Lord was rejected and the Lord was hated and the Lord was despised, why shouldn't we? Why should we be afraid of that kind of response? Uh, we, should, we should proudly name the name of Christ. There's an there's a, a illustration, a story, that there was a, a man that was uh, a, a Roman soldier, and uh, Alexander the Great was, uh, was uh, uh, or Alexander the Great was, uh, was the, uh, the leader, and uh, this soldier was, was uh, shirking his responsibilities, and he was not... Uh, doing his job and uh, he was brought before Alexander the Great and he stood there and as he was standing there Alexander the Great looked at him and said what is your name soldier and the soldier said Alexander sir and he said sir what is your soldier what is your name and he again sort of mumbled Alexander sir and he finally said 
uh, again, the uh, commander uh, said, uh, what is your name? And he said, Alexander, sir. And Alexander the Great looked back at him and said, either change your conduct or change your name. Change your conduct or change your name. And there was an expectation that a soldier uh, named Alexander the Great, he was going to live uh, the life. And you know what? As a Christian, we should be living the life of Christ. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. It gets better from here. I just told that to somebody a little bit earlier this morning. And that is, that is so true. Uh, we've got to grab a hold of that. If we have problems down here, the, here on this earth, and we will, and we will have people hate us and people despise us and people not agree with our position, our stand, our belief. Uh, but you know what? One day when I take my last breath, my next breath is going to be in heaven. And at that moment, I will not care one bit what the unbeliever thought. The people that I allowed to silence me, the people that I have allowed to, to cause me to be bashful and timid, uh, I'm not going to care about that it one, one iota when I see the Savior, uh, when all of a sudden I am alive uh, for eternity. Uh, what a blessing that that is. But the, the followers of the Lord, they will be targeted not for who they are, but for who they represent. If we are rejected, we are not rejected because of us. It's not that they are rejecting us. We didn't die for anybody's sins. We aren't sinless. We weren't buried and rose again. No, the person that they are rejecting is the person of Christ. And if they reject this, if they hate me because of my Savior, let them hate me. If they don't like me because of what I stand for, who I stand for, uh, let them not, not care for us. Matthew 10, verse 16, he, the Lord said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in the synagogues, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. For my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. Uh, what do we see? The Lord was preparing the disciples, the apostles here. He's preparing them for rejection. He's preparing them. He is letting them know that they will be rejected. And we have to embrace that. If I, am a, if I realize that I'm going to be rejected, uh, people are going to reject them. They're not really rejecting me. They're rejecting the Savior. If I understand that uh, and I believe that I'm going to stand for the Lord no matter what, whether somebody rejects me or not, then I can move on. But every time I face a situation where I am a little bit timid or a little bit bashful, then, then I can have to rethink that. Uh, well, you know, I don't know what they're going to say. or how. If I've already decided, you know what, they're, gonna, they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting the Savior. And I'm just going to tell them about Christ. 
That's what we need to do. We need to stand for Christ. So back in Mark 6, he said in verse 7, And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse. The disciples here, they have been commissioned to go out. The Lord is sending them out two by two. And as he sends them out, they were, they were equipped. Uh, he had equipped them to perform a mission spiritually. They had a spiritual job that they were uh, to go and perform. And uh, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and so here they were commissioned to go. They were commanded to go. But then he said, take, he said, take, uh, take nothing for their journey. He said, save a staff only. No script, no bread, no money in their purse. So that script there is the word for the word bag. The word bag associated with a traveler. He said, don't bring a suitcase with you. It was sort of their carry-on, if you would. It wasn't a full-fledged suitcase, but it was a carry-on. It was something they could bring with them, the script. So they had, uh, they had uh, no bag, uh, no bread, and they had no bills, no money. Uh, and so here, these, these, uh, the Lord told them, don't look for, to provide yourself. He said, just put sandals on your feet. He said, just, just make sure that you can go. You know, as a child of God, he will take care of all the necessities. He'll take care. So what do we learn here? Several things uh, uh, we can learn here. Mark 6, 12, and they went out and preached that men should repent. Uh, what do we see? First of all, number one, we see that uh, as a child of God, we should share. We should share. Uh, we should share the good news of the gospel everywhere we go. That's why we have these gospel tracks. Uh, it's just a, a way to be able to, uh, to pass out a track. I told you earlier in the week we stopped uh, at uh, uh, we stopped at McDonald's and uh, a manager was in the first window and I gave her a, a gospel track and she gra uh, gladly received it and talked to her and then I got to the, the next window there and I went to hand that young lady a track and all of a sudden, I mean, she literally, she backed up away from the window. I can't take that. I mean, I don't know what she thought it was uh, if she knew that it was Bible, uh, that's what she was backing up from. You know what? I'm looking forward to try. I mentioned this before. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that young lady. I want to get a track in her hand. I want to get to a place where she is, she is going to receive that. She didn't reject me. Has nothing to do with me. And we're fearful because they're, well, what if they don't take it? Then they don't take it. Pretty deep, isn't it? But how much, how many people are stopped in sharing their faith simply because they're afraid that somebody won't receive it? How many of you got saved the very first time you heard the gospel? I did. But look around. Brother Randy, you and I. That's it. <laughs> uh, not one other person here. 
the very first time I heard the gospel, I got saved. That means that the rest of you heard it multiple times and didn't receive it. Oh. So when we're sharing the gospel and we're sharing a gospel track, uh, it's just another step. Planting some seed. And with that, people then can accept when they're ready. You know, we can't make anybody get saved. I wish I could. If I could put my knee in somebody's back and pull their arm up uh, and get them, uh, I've got, I got the fight side still in me, but uh, it, I'd just get beat up now. Uh, but uh, that fight side is still in there. And if I could do that, if there was some way we could make somebody trust Christ, then, then I would be willing to do so. But we can't. It's a choice. It is by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, uh, and here we see, as he's commissioning them, he's sending them out two by two, he tells them uh, that they, weren't, they were to go and share the good news. They were to share the gifts of God. Uh, they were going to go and heal people. What, a, what an amazing time. I mean, to be able to be in that sphere where the Lord was giving them uh, that ability. They say that Peter, in the book of Acts, Peter would walk down the street and the shadow, uh, his shadow would fall on people that were sick and they would be healed. Unbelievable. Now, all of these were signs for the Jews. And they were, these were transitional signs. Not saying that God cannot uh, heal today. Uh, he can, uh, but it's not a gift of healing like uh, there is these gifts of these apostles. And so uh, here they went out and they were to share. They were to share the good news. They were to share the gifts of God. Uh, but they were also to share in the provisions of God. They were to share in the provisions of God. God told them, I want you to go, but I don't want you to prepare to meet your own needs. He said, trust me because others are going to share their provision so you can be cared for. He said, not only that, he says, when you go uh, and you are received, he said, stay in that house until it's time for you to go. And so that family that was there that was preparing, uh, providing for them uh, what was happening, uh, they were now sharing in the blessings that God had given to them. Aren't you glad I'm not showing up at your door? Uh, and so uh, that, that was how it was uh, set up. But uh, here they went. He said, uh, verse 10, And he said unto them, In what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. And they were just there, and they were to share in the provisions that God had. Now that provision, those were provisions that God had provided for somebody else so they could provide for somebody else. You know, as a Christian, we're to share. All that we have been given is not for us. He said, well, I worked for it. Who gave you breath? Who gave you strength? Who gave you thought? Who gave you ability? Who gave you the hands? Who gave you the lips? Who gave you the mind? Who gave you the, uh, the, the life? Uh, uh, Brother Frank, we were, we were talking just when he first came in. Uh, he said, uh, I'm alive. 
I said, well, you're six foot on this side instead of six foot on the other side. Uh, God is the one that gives us life. And, and without the, the blessings of God, we have nothing. We have nothing. And here, what do we do? The disciples here, they are they're expected to not only share what they had to give to others, they were also told to be willing to receive the sharing from others. You know, we are proud. We're proud. These, these disciples, these were workers. These were, these were men who were accomplished. And you look at what they had done. Uh, you have four of them or, who are business owners in business together uh, in the shipping industry, in the fishing industry. Uh, these, these guys were workers. I'm sure the last thing they wanted to do was live off of somebody else. You know, the Lord was dealing with this area called pride. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't work. We should work. That's biblical. But in that as well, there's supposed to be a trust that we are trusting God for our provision, not ourselves. Not ourselves. God, God has a way of meeting the needs that we have. And uh, the Lord is the one who provides. It's not based on our ability to earn or to save or to accumulate. Uh, the Lord will take care of his work. Uh, it's his ways. Uh, and so we just see how God uh, expected them, uh, first of all, to share. Secondly, as a disciple, as a committed follower, he expected them to shake. To shake. What were they going to shake? They were going to shake the dust off of their shoes. They, they were going into a city, and if people rejected them, the Lord said, just wipe the dust off your feet, and you keep on going. You know what he was saying? Shake it off. Have you ever been told to shake it off? Something bad happens, just shake it off, keep on going. That's what the Lord was telling the disciples. Shake it off. Wipe the dust off your shoes. Uh, he said, don't worry about them, I'll take care of them. It'll be more tolerable for, for them in the day, uh, 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 for, for Sodom and Gomorrah than uh, for that city in that day. The uh, Lord said, I'll take care of them. Don't you worry about them. Don't worry about that rejection. Don't worry about how you were treated there. You just go on. You just keep on serving. Shake it off. Uh, just keep on serving. Don't allow rejection to stop you. Amen. Somebody slams a door in your face when you go to uh, knock on a door and invite somebody, somebody to church. How many of you have had that happen? You, you go out and you knock on a door and somebody slams the door in your face. Uh, man, that has happened to me more times than I would like to, rem uh, to remember. Uh, I think it was Brother David when he was a teenager. Uh, he was in our uh, youth department and we would go out soul winning on Wednesdays and take the teenagers out soul winning. Uh, and uh, they were, uh, he was was knocking on this door, and the guy chewed him out for uh, coming up and inviting him to church. Inviting him to church, 
And so David walked out. You know how animated Brother David is. And he walked out, got to the street, and he starts doing this. And the guy knew his Bible. He opens up the door. I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I thought that was so funny. Uh, what was he doing? He was shaking it off. Hey, I, I still need to go tell somebody else. I still need to go share the gospel. And if we allow the people that reject us to stop us, then the gospel will stop. There's a community that needs to be reached. Look around us. Look around us in Linda and Olivehurst and Marysville and Yuba City. Uh, there, is a com there are communities that need to be reached with the gospel. Uh, the Lord not only saves us from the penalty of our sin, he transforms our lives. What a blessing. I mean, when I got saved, I was, I was no longer on my way to hell. I was on my way to heaven. But that's not all that happened. He transformed my whole life. He changed my life. He picked me up out of that horrible pit and out of that miry clay and set my feet upon a solid rock and established my goings. He gave me a Bible. He said, this is the way, walk ye in it. And as I follow what God has taught and what he has, he has given us, man alive, we win. The Christian life is the greatest life in all the world. If there was no heaven, if there was no hell, and if it was just the here and now, living as a Christian is still the only way to live. You know why? Because the principles that he has given us in his word, it works. It works to give you fulfillment in yourself. For you to be able to get up and have purpose and structure and direction. God's word gives all of that. It will, it will give you guidance. It will give you counsel. It will give you comfort. It will bless your marriage. Uh, it will bless your child rearing. Uh, it will bless everything about life. God is blessed. He blesses our finances. Tell me how you can give 10%, 15%, 20%, and then have more than you would have had had you kept it all. Tell me how that works. I don't know how it works. I've tried to pencil it out. It doesn't pencil, but it works. You know why? God blesses. You see, we, we don't have, if you are following the Lord, we're not putting money into a bag with holes in it. He closed that bag up. You know what? Even though we are, we are in a time of economic uh, challenges, and I'm going to speak on this tonight, God will provide. God will provide. Don't look at the cost. Of, I was driving down the street. $6.29 a gallon for diesel. Ugh. I just finally, it's like, okay, I guess got to quit looking. I'm just going to fill up, put, put fuel in, and just, just not try to pay attention to it. Why? Because it'll eat me up. You know, we, God knows how, he knows how to take care of us. He knows how to meet our needs. 
So what do we find? We, we find here that we need to shake it off. Shake off the rejection. It's not easy, but shake it off. Don't allow someone else's rejection of Christ to cause you to become disillusioned or disobedient. If you allow their rejection to cause you to stop sharing the goodness of God, you are now disobedient. You know, being, being a witness for the Savior is not a suggestion. Command. We are all commanded to tell people about Christ. He said, well, pastor, I just don't know what words to use. Well, grab one of these gospel tracts back there. Grab a stack of them. There's 10 in a stack. Just pass it out. Hey, there's some verses on the back that'll tell a person how they can know for sure that when they die, they're going to heaven. Then you don't even have to memorize them. If they want to talk about it, all right, well, the Bible says, number one, we have to realize that we're a sinner. It tells us right here, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you can go right through the plan of salvation. You say, well, you know, I, I just don't really feel comfortable with that. Well, when did you get saved? The Apostle Paul, when he was witnessing to King Agrippa, he didn't get out the Torah. He didn't break out a pocket New Testament. You know what he said? He said, I was on the road to Damascus, and a great light shone unto me. He gave him his personal testimony. The only thing you have to know how to lead somebody to Christ is how you got saved. Uh, you realize that you were a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. And by faith, you accepted Christ as your Savior. And if anybody is going to be in heaven, it's because of that right there. You say, oh, pastor, that's so simple. Yeah, but it, it didn't cost us anything, but it cost our Savior everything. Salvation is easy for us. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to put money in an offering plate to get it. I don't have to get dunked to get it. I was just uh, reading an article uh, this morning about a pastor. Uh, let's see, where was he at? He was at Auburn University. Is that in Alabama? Alabama, yes. Yeah. So Auburn University, and they had uh, a Baptist pastor went and preached at the university, and they had thousands of people show up. Two hundred of them decided they wanted to get baptized, and so they didn't have any place there. So they went down to a pond, and the pastor went back over salvation with them to make sure that they understood. And he said, then we went to dunking. Uh, and people were getting baptized in that old slimy pond. Uh, but they were, they were following the Lord. How many of you got baptized in a pond? All right, Brother Roy, I saw your hand right over here. Uh, Brother Charlie, right back here. Uh, I got dunked in a many of those slimy ponds, uh, but it uh, wasn't baptism. Uh, so, 
Uh, I've been thrown in them. Uh, my brother and pops, they threw me in them. Uh, but uh, anyway, we, we have to shake it off. Uh, we, can, we can face the rejection, uh, but, but we've got to just shake it off. Go ahead and tell uh, the good news uh, about the Lord. Uh, you and I, we can't save anybody, and we, we, can't, uh, we can't make, we are just a vessel. We are a mouthpiece. We are a tool to share Christ. And if, and if we can share Christ with somebody, and they accept the Lord, praise the Lord. It's not us that saved them. Uh, if they choose to reject the Lord, it's not us that they're rejecting. It's the Lord. It's all about Him. And so if you and I, we face rejection, we have to realize that that rejection is of Christ. It's of Christ. In Luke chapter number 10, uh, verses 1 to 12, we won't go there, uh, but the Lord was uh, sending them out, uh, and he was sending them out, 70 disciples at this point, and he's sending them out two by two again, and he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm sending you out as, as sheep and as lambs among wolves, and he tells them not to, pr- uh, to provide for themselves, uh, but just to, to go and preach and proclaim the name of Christ, and then to share in the goodness of those, those uh, uh, that were there. Uh, but we, we see here uh, again that uh, the dust of the city which cleave, cleaveth unto us, he said, do wipe off against you. He said, wipe it off, shake it off. Don't allow that to stop you. If we're in a group of six, shake it off. If we're in a group of 70, shake it off. We, our job is to go and teach and baptize and teach, uh, uh, go teach, baptize, teach, and, and we are just going to, uh, to serve the Lord. Now, we will be rejected by two groups of people, or at least two groups of people. These, these disciples, they were rejected, first of all. They were, they were rejected from the religious. The religious crowd was the one that gave them the most trouble. Why is it the Christians or people that say they believe in God don't want to hear about God? I don't know how many times I've knocked on a door and I go to give somebody an invitation. I have my church. Slam. Like, wow, your church has done so much for you. I was just thinking... If somebody came and knocked on my door, I have never, as a believer, had somebody knock on my door. Never. Brother Andy's back here smiling big. He's gonna have he's gonna knock on my door now. But but over all these years, I've never had a Christian come and knock on my door concerned with the condition of my soul. If somebody did, even as a pastor, I'm going to rejoice. I would be happy that somebody took time to share the gospel with me or wanted to make sure that I was saved. I wouldn't be upset with that. But rejection, it comes from the religious crowd. In Acts chapter 7 through uh, chapter 8, uh, we, have the, uh, we have the story of Stephen 
Stephen is the first martyr in the New Testament. And Stephen, uh, in the church age, he is the first one to be, uh, to be stoned there, uh, to become a martyr for Christ. And who was it that martyred him? It was the religious crowd. It was the religious crowd. They hated him so much. The Bible says they gnashed on him with their teeth. And that's, that is that, that grinding, that grimacing. Uh, they, were, they were so hateful, that hatred that was inside. Uh, they, were, they were just vicious. And, and these people killed Stephen. For what? For living a righteous life. For being a just man. For someone who just stood up for Christ. That was it. That was the only reason. And they took his life. So there was rejection came from the religious, but there is also rejection that comes from re the relatives. Relations. Sometimes, as a believer, we will find that even those within our own household will reject us because of Christ. Now, that's hard. And I've seen it over the years. And there are people that have stood for the Savior in spite of that kind of oppression. Matthew chapter 10, verse 21, the Bible said, And brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. And the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men, notice this, for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Here we just see that there is even an animosity, a hatred, a rejection that can even be among family. Believers that are in Pakistan and India, the Muslim countries, they tell us that it is oftentimes a Christian's family that's the one that turns them in. Just this, and I just shared it a week or two ago, uh, about how uh, these believers 80-something uh, churches were burned and, uh, and people had lost their lives. Uh, why was that? Because they stood for Christ. That was it. And it was even the family relations, relatives, that turned them over. You know, we have a Savior who is worth following. We have a Savior who is worth following. And there is real rejection that can come from following the Savior. Families can turn on one another, uh, even in the case of death. I was doing a little bit of research, and back in 1933, the Hitler Youth was, was established. By 1936, all of the other youth programs were uh, banned. Boy Scouts was something that was prevalent. That was started in London in 1909. And there were many that were in the, the Boy Scouts, uh, but all of those were canceled. 
They say by, uh, in the beginning of 90, or of 33, that there were 50,000 that were in the Hitler Youth. By the end of the year, over 2 million Hitler Youth. By 39, by 1939, they say that 90% of youth were registered in the Hitler Youth programs. It was an indoctrination program. And it was all based on a, a, a belief and a quote that Hitler had. Uh, and it said, uh, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. He alone who owns the youth gains the future. And here we had, we had someone who was going after the youth. And by the time that World War II kicked off and they had all of those years of the Hitler youth going up, those young people had more allegiance to Hitler. I've read some of the memoirs of, of some of the young people that were in the Hitler youth and they stated that they would chant, I belong to Adolf Hitler. I belong to Adolf Hitler. And with that, and that ideology that was communicated, those families realized the kids were more loyal to Hitler than they were to their own family, their own parents, their own grandparents. And parents within their own home, were afraid to say anything against communism and Adolf Hitler. Why? Because they knew that the kids would turn them in. We've seen it. Not only did it happen first century with believers, it happened in the 30s, and it even happens today in many of these Muslim countries. Families were divided, loyalties were divided, love was lost, and that ideological and political and religious division was there. And with that, family would turn on family. You know what? Christ loves everybody. We don't, we're not spreading a hateful, anything hateful. What is hate, hateful about Jesus loves you and he died on the cross to pay for your sin? Nothing. You know, we have a wonderful message. The gospel is called the good news. What's the gospel called? The good news. Why should I be uh, afraid to share the good news? I shouldn't. We need to share the good news. So we need to share. Uh, what, is, uh, we, what are we to do in following the Savior? We need to share. Share the goodness of God. Share the blessings of God. And share in the bounty of God. But then we also need to shake. Shake off the dust of our feet. Shake off that rejection. If someone rejects our Savior, shake it off. If someone rejects your witness, shake it off. Uh, and most of us will never endure a great uh, and real tangible amount of persecution uh, but we will all face rejection 
The Lord said, Matthew 10, 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me for, before men, him will I also deny before my Father what is in heaven. So, Christian, if you are rejected, if that, uh, that testimony of the Lord is rejected, shake it off. Shake it off. Go tell somebody else. Go to that next door. Go to that next person. Shake off that rejection so it doesn't stop you. A savior worth living for is a savior worth suffering for. A savior worth living for is a savior worth suffering for. Side effects. There are some side effects to following the savior. But what we find is in Acts chapter 7, the disciples, when they were beaten, they, they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name's sake. One day, the Lord will see. He's, he sees right now. And one day, he will, he will even it all out. He will bless us for serving him. So let's not allow the side effect of rejection stop us from serving the Savior. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being a God who is worth suffering for. And I pray that you would help our people uh, to realize this side effect of, uh, of rejection. Uh, it, is, it is something that we can get through uh, so we can still serve you. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning. Uh, help us to be willing uh, to tell others about you and to, to stand up uh, for you in this world. And so I pray that you'd bless. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Uh, maybe you're here this morning.